This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Budabaker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. So I don't forget, right out of the gate, we need to give B-Train his proper due. Because as he tells us each and every week, MJ, it's always the defense. It gets overlooked, but you have to have a defense if you want to win on Sundays. And we say that here, Bird Gang, to open up this week's The Cardinals Red Sea Report because, B-Train, five of the seven picks over the three days of the 2021 NFL Draft addressed the defensive side of the ball. I think it was the only way to go. Looking at this team, I didn't think offense was a huge need. Yes, there are some needs that you have to address, and I think they did through free agency, and, and there may be some other guys, but I really felt like defense was the way to go, and, and, and they were listening, and, and I walked away very happy with this with this draft. I thought the Cardinals did a, a solid job at, at making picks and best players available at their picks, and so now it's just a matter of, of getting those guys up to speed, and, and hopefully they can help this team win games now as opposed to to later. I love that little line there. They were listening. Of course, we all should be listening to Bertrand Berry when it comes to the sports uh, football (laughs) and National Football League. All right, let's quickly go over the seven picks. First round inside linebackers, Evan Collins. On Saturday, fourth round, as the Cardinals moved up in a trade with the Baltimore Ravens to acquire a corner, Marco Wilson, and then a pair of six-round selections, outside linebacker, edge rusher, Victor Demukeji, and cornerback, Tay Gowan, and then the final, excuse me, two more picks in the seventh round, safety, James Wiggins, and offensive center, Michael Minette. We will get to all seven of these players, but uh, first things first, MJ, if you look at all of these names, just kind of what stood out to you about what was uh, accomplished over those three days? Well, I, I don't know if the Cardinals went into the draft saying they're going to draft five different defensive players. I think it's just the way the draft felt because if Collins was off the board, they probably would have been running back and Nigel Harris. And you look in the second round, they had an interest in Asante Samuel Jr. And he goes two picks earlier to the Chargers and they get the wide receiver. So, you know, I think they uh, filled some holes. I mean, they. Clearly, you know, when you don't have – they went in with six picks and they ended up with seven. Uh, they gave up a four next year. So, you know, they didn't want to sit there for 111 consecutive picks not picking a player because those are good players coming off the board. So I think it worked out. I think, in, you know, we'll find out in the next couple of years. Yes, exactly, because now that they're here, it doesn't matter how they got here. They need to be able to contribute on Sundays, either as a starter or as a rotation player and, of course, on special teams. Let's start at the top, B-Train. And when you look, yes, I know you wanted a corner, but when you looked at the draft and how things fell, the top two corners were off the board when 
the Cardinals were on the clock with the 16th overall pick. So best player available with no wide receivers, no offensive linemen, at least the top guys available. They went inside linebacker Zayvon Collins, and it was made very clear that he is going to be the Mike linebacker. But when you read about Collins, when you look at his tape, six foot five, 260 pounds out of Tulsa, what do you like about the Collins selection? The first thing I like is his size. He's kind of a throwback. When you start thinking about 6'5", 260, that, that's, a, that's a big Mike linebacker. In today's NFL, you don't see Mike linebackers quite that big, but his, his mobility is what's going to separate him from a lot of linebackers in today's NFL. And, and if he can uh, come up to speed and, and, and play with that same level of, of, of athleticism that he showed while he was at Tulsa, I mean, I really think that uh, he could be part of a new trend and, and the new style of Mike linebackers that are smart enough and, and, and big enough to, to, to handle all the responsibilities that come along with being a Mike linebacker. And, and uh, if, he's, if he's able to, to handle his own and, and, and pass pro, then I think he is going to be the quintessential type linebacker. And he and Isaiah Simmons are going to make a nice duo uh, you know, looking at that, that linebacker core. Well, as Kime put it, when you pair Collins and Simmons, it's, quote, like having two trees in the middle of the field. More from the general manager, Steve Kime, on how he sees Zayvon Collins fitting within this defense. He'll line up at Mike Linebacker for us, so right beside Isaiah Simmons. What I liked about him was everything, size, uh, football acumen, instincts, coverability. Uh, this guy's got rare and unusual movement skills for a guy who's almost six foot five, uh, 265 pounds. Um, you know, you watch him at, at Tulsa and the way he covers smaller backs, tight ends, uh, slot receivers at times. You don't see a lot of men like this, this size that has this type of range and athleticism. His production last season at Tulsa, MJ, a unanimous first-team All-American, won the Lombardi, Bronco Nagurski, and Chuck Bednarik Award. So this is someone who's accomplished, yet it's at a smaller school. Tulsa is compared to a Power 5 conference, yet there is a specific role for him. He can do a lot, but he's going to do that as an inside linebacker. Yeah, and I want to get B-Train's thoughts because it, based on what we heard over the last couple of days, it's it's pretty clear that uh, when it comes to the first and second round pick, uh, they want to play right away. You're talking about Isaiah Simmons uh, where he played a lot better down the stretch, but that's a lot of youth right there. you know. And so there's going to be a development, and to me, when you start looking at the offseason and preseason games, it's really about – evaluating and preparing for the season. But these guys got to develop. I mean, it's not like you're going to step on the field. This is the NFL. Now, I'll say this. The one thing that Collins does have going for him is his football IQ, a valedictorian of his high school class. So he is a smart football player. And that is a big reason why Kime believes that Collins was rated so high. And he talked more in depth about the person as opposed to the player on draft night. We really liked him, our coaching staff, our scouting staff, everybody uh, as a whole uh, had him as one of our higher rated defensive players in the entire draft. He also had an alpha tag, which for us, uh, the Alphaberg tag is, is given to players that have rare leadership qualities, uh, great instincts, great feel for the game, our tremendous locker room guys, uh, and Zayvon Collins is certainly one of them. 
B-Train kind of also brought up a comparison, Tremaine Edmonds, who two years ago, or I should say three years ago, the 16th overall pick of the Buffalo Bills, another inside linebacker, 6'5", 260, a pro bowler each of the past two seasons. Who do you look, not to compare or project, but as far as just the measurables and when you watch Collins on film, who might he think or remind you of that either you played with or that you see today? Well, there was a guy that I played with named Elijah Alexander, and, and uh, he was a, a big, tall linebacker that could that could cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. And the thing that I like about Zavin is the fact that he played linebacker. So there's not going to be as steep of a learning curve as it was for Isaiah, who was coming back from secondary, had to come forward to the front seven. Uh, the fact that he already has, has those eyes trained to think like a Mike linebacker, I think be huge in his development. Now, things are going to happen a lot faster for Zayvon at this level, but his eyes will already be looking at the things that he needs to look at. He's just going to have to process it even faster because, as we all know, uh, even the highest level of, of college football, you still there's still a learning curve as far as the speed of the game. So I think he's going to assimilate really quickly to what the Cardinals want to do and, and the pro-style defense. It's just a matter of him taking the necessary steps and being a student of the game. And if he does those things, I don't see him having any problem adjusting rather quickly. Well, you look at who won the Super Bowl. You look at Devin White and Levante David, and we can just look in the division between K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner, and then back in the day, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. Now, the other comp would be, Brian Erlacher, who went to New Mexico, played safety. The problem was the Bears. The first year they had him in there, they had him playing the the the, the Mike line, or the strong side linebacker position, and he struggled his first year. And you look at his numbers; the rest is history. So, and again, New Mexico, Tulsa, you know. But this, as Burt B. Train pointed out, he, he's played that position where Isaiah. They were trying to do a couple different things with him. I certainly would take a Brian Erlacher on this Cardinals roster if that's what Zayvon Collins can develop into. Again, not right away, but certainly project that way. And then you pair him up with Isaiah Simmons, and you've got two inside linebackers for, you hope, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 years. Well, Steve was very uh, quick to tell me, because, you know, you look at Daniel Buchanan, look at Hassan Reddick, they've been hybrid players. He said he's not a hybrid player. He's going to play inside the was the mic, right? Yes. He's going to play the mic, and then you got Isaiah next to him. So they made it very clear that they're, he's not going to a guy that's going to move around a lot. Well, let's hear from the man himself, Zayvon Collins, the newest Arizona Cardinals defense player. I envision myself as a chess piece that everyone can use in many ways. Um, I think that I can, I can do that for Arizona. They have, you know, Simmons. They have Watt. They have so many so many intangibles coming off every edge that I think that I'll be a chess piece for them that they'll be able to move around first, second, or third down. And a lot of it is just going to depend on how quickly he learns that playbook and how quickly he's able to get up to speed, literally with the speed of the game on the pro, pro level. The good news is there will be preseason games. There'll be somewhat of an offseason. There'll be a rookie minicamp, and it's not a lot compared to years past, but it's a heck of a lot more than what anyone had a year ago at this time. More on the Cardinals and the drafting of Zayvon Collins with the 16th overall pick. If you haven't heard it or seen it by now, it is certainly worth uh, a listen, worth a watch, and if you had heard it, well, it's worth a listen once again. It went viral, as they say. The phone call from General Manager Steve Kime to Zayvon Collins saying yes, we want you to be an Arizona Cardinal. Hello. Zavin, Steve Kime. 
Steve. How's it going? Good, man. You got some dogs in the background? What do you got going on there? Steve, how's it going? Stop, stop, stop. I didn't tell you I was picking you yet, man. Tell him to calm down a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> All my family's here. You ready to roll? Steve, we're going to kill everyone. <laughs> we're going to kill everyone. And we're going to get a Super Bowl ring so big on our on our fingers that a show dog wouldn't be able to jump over it. I love it, man. I love it. Well, good. Well, keep that attitude. Keep that chip on your shoulder. Thank you. <laughs> hey, it's Coach Kingsbury. What's happening, man? How's it going? How's it going? I'm, I'm good. Probably not as good as you, though. Congrats. Get ready to come in and, and get going, too. There ain't no red shirt, all right? No, there's no red shirt, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to kill it, brother. <laughs> it's your time, brother. Congrats, man. We're fired up. I'm going to hand you to our owner, Michael Bidwell. Zavin, Michael Bidwell, congratulations. We're so excited to make you a Cardinal. Enjoy the moment with your family. Okay. Okay. Enjoy it. All right. We're going to put your name in now. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Enjoy it. Woo. That was emotional. Holy cow. Yeah, I'd say that. Certainly a tremendous moment for Collins and his family. B-Train, you got to sympathize with him as far as that moment. You work so hard. You get that phone call, and then you hear the commissioner announce your name, and every player wants to get drafted during the course of a three-day NFL draft or, you know, back in the day when it was just one day. But certainly a proud moment for the Collins family. No question. Anytime that you're able to realize your dream, something that you set out to do at a very early age and then able to see it through, and obviously there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be different paths and things that you didn't expect and good and bad. And But to finally get that call to, to know that, all that hard work paid off. It's definitely emotional. I remember being emotional myself. I was picked on the third round and, and the first day, but it was it was later in the evening, and you just never forget that feeling of, of being validated for all the things that you've done leading up to that point, the high school work, the college work, the, the, the time before the draft, all those things, all the, the hours that you put in working and, and conditioning your body and, and making those plays and doing the things you need to do, to finally get that call, it's, it's something special that I know every player can go back to that moment precisely and remember. They can remember what they had on. They can remember what they ate that day because it was such a pivotal moment in their life that after that call, nothing is going to be the same like it was before that call. You know, what's interesting is he only had one scholarship from Tulsa, so his mother decided she was going to use some of her 401k money to go out and you know, what was it eleven different places he visited? I think it was twelve different camps. Yeah, and then he finally got the. the so you could just see the, the the outpouring support to where, you know, obviously you know she raised him and he she, she was helping him and now they get rewarded for this. I mean that was touching right there. The small town of Hominy, Oklahoma, population thirty five hundred. Where yes, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows your name so it's not just Zayvon Collins and his family but basically he's got an entire town now looking forward to seeing him play on Sundays as we are as well. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. So that was day one inside linebacker Zayvon Collins. 
day two. In fact, the only pick of day two for the Arizona Cardinals. Remember, they did not have a third-round selection. We will talk about second-round pick wide receiver Rondell Moore and what he means to this offense moving forward. That is straight ahead. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report talking about the 2021 NFL Draft. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. With the 49th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Rondell Moore, receiver, Purdue, just talked about trying to get faster over the top. I say that because there's a lot of buzz about them maybe trading up for Jalen Waddle, but Rondale Moore can fly. Low 4-3s. You can use him on some of these gadget plays. You get him on the fly sweeps, jet sweeps. The run after catch, not only is he fast, he is sturdy and strong. And once he breaks tackles and gets out in the open field, he's gone on the wheel route, double moves. He's got not only a second gear, but a third gear down the field. And college football fans saw that third down gear that Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network, talked about on day two of the NFL draft a lot in 2018 when he really exploded onto the scene at Purdue. Five foot seven, 181 pounds, as Kelvin Beecham made the announcement, the 49th overall pick. Wide receiver Rondell Moore is now an Arizona Cardinals. We say welcome back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayola, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry focusing on day two. And we go offense here. Apologies, B-Train, but just give us a little bit of a some breathing room here to talk about the day two pick. And when you look at this day two pick, MJ, certainly cornerback is a bigger need than wide receiver. Yet at that point, at 49 overall, three corners had already been selected in the second round and two picks ahead of the Cardinals. Asante Samuel was drafted by the Chargers, which I know you had mentioned before is possibly being that pick at 49. They definitely had interest, and you stick to your board. He's a three-year starter at Purdue. He lined up across the formation. He played under Jeff Brom's spread scheme, feasting on jets, handoffs, quick game targets, screens, shallow crosses, digs, slants. It's amazing what the numbers he put up back in. Um, he had 114 catches, 2,215 all-purpose yards, but He's missed 11 of the last 18 games based uh, based on two season in due to injury. Yeah, his true freshman season of 2018, but 2019 and 2020 only played a combined seven games. B-Train, you look at what more might be able to do within this offense with the DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Those are the top four right now, and then we'll see what happens with Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. But head coach Cliff Kingsbury called more a jitterbug. You want to be able to get this guy in space with the football. I think it put those other receivers on notice that, that they're not waiting. The Cardinals are not waiting on receivers to develop. They need to be good now, and, and they're going to search high and low and find somebody that can help the top two receivers out uh, on the roster. And so that I think if you're Andy Isabella, if you're Keyshawn Johnson, I mean, I, I really think you have to make sure that you come in ready to go right now and, and you can't afford to have any slow start whatsoever because – uh, they are looking to to have that offense humming on all cylinders sooner than later. So bringing in a guy that high that you know is going to play, uh, that that to me that sends a, a direct message to that receiving room. And something the Cardinals prioritized going into the offseason was kick returner and punt returner, and he can do both of them. Uh, this is an indictment on Andy Isabella. And Christian Kirk's going into the final year of his contract, and he's dealt with some injuries. He did have as many touchdowns as Hop last year, didn't have the same amount of targets or yardage, 
But this is an indictment on Andy Isabella. And so to me at this point, I mean, I don't know if they can count on him. So you look at the, the top four receivers. You, you have Hopkins. You have A.J. Green. I'll put Kirk third to, because he's been in the system. And then you got Moore. And Moore is going to be dressed on game day. I mean, and then all of a sudden, do you keep five or six? They may have to add another receiver at some point. And then we haven't even discussed Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, he is still, quote-unquote, technically still on the market. We'll see what happens with number 11 going forward. But, yeah, I'm in agreement with everyone because, you know, a couple of years back, if Isabella had proven to be that slot receiver or that jitterbug, as Kingsbury talked about Rondell Moore, then Rondell Moore is not even a consideration at this point here on the second day of the draft because you would have already solved that problem. But that question still remains as far as does Kingsbury have the necessary weapons to run the offense that he wants to run. Rondell Moore is now next up for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's take you behind the scenes. Courtesy azcardinals.com, Steve Keim making the phone call to Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore, the wideout kick returner. Vertical jump like 42 and a half inches. He's a dog. Like yeah. He's going to come in and think he's the man, be a pro. When the ball's in his hands, he is special, special. Immediate impact, returnability. He'll be ready to roll. Hello? Rondale. Yes, sir. Steve Kime, Arizona Cardinals. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. You ready to come out to the desert? No doubt. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, good. I'm going to let you uh, talk to our head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Rondale. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm a lot better now that we got you. We're ready to roll, man. The things we'll be able to do with you in the offense, I cannot wait to get you here. The big point where I think Moore will have the most success immediately is something MJ you brought up is on special teams because B-Train when you look at special teams whether it's kickoff or punt return I think that is an area where this I don't think it's talked a lot about it's not ignored it's just not quote-unquote sexy like the offense or as you like to say the defense winning ball games and being dominant on that side of the ball but special teams if you can get that ball in space make one defender miss maybe you do have a better starting field position whether on opening drives or after a punt return. I really believe that if you can enhance your special teams, you can tremendously help out the offense because now you're not asking the offense to go 80 yards every single play. If you can flip the field by getting a nice punt return or a kickoff return and, and, and get it to the 40 or the 30, it, it, it increases the chances of getting points on that particular drive. So I, I really believe that bringing in more, I, I think that's going to only help this offense. I think it's going to take the, some of the pressure off of Kyler Murray is going to take some of the pressure off of Coach Kingsbury and the rest of that offense to have to generate points and, and be that juggernaut every single time they get the ball. So the, the less you have to go to score, the better your chances of scoring. So I, I, I like this pick. I think he's going to do a lot of great things on special teams first, and then he can gradually ingratiate himself into the offense and, 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 and find his niche there. But, yeah, I can see him paying immediate dividends in the special teams, and I think that's something that the Cardinals are long overdue for. I feel like it's deja vu. We were talking about Andy Isabella like this a couple of years ago. They hoped Andy Isabella would be the kickoff returner. I mean, with the speed, getting the open field, they hoped Christian Kirk would be that. And that's not the case right now. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be dressed every game. Uh, he's going to be the third or fourth receiver, and we could see him in the backfield. Yes, we heard that as well from Kingsbury as far as whether you start there or toss. You can motion him and get him in motion, and all he needs is a sliver. Yep. Get him the ball in as many different ways as possible, something that uh, we heard a lot on Friday night 
after that second-round selection of Rondell Moore. Let's hear more about Rondell Moore, the general manager, Steve Kime. When you see his body type, you, you see a guy who's uh, on the shorter end, but uh, really thick and muscled up, uh, really explosive, jumped 42 and a half inches, ran 429, 6'6", 6'3", cone. Again, those numbers are off the charts. Very similar measurable-wise, height, weight, and speed, and you look at those numbers, uh, a guy like Tyreek Hill uh, is sort of in that form. Uh, is explosive enough to play outside, play inside, reverses, screens, all the different things. You like, want to get the ball in his hands and let him create on the perimeter. I want to give out another number, and Btran, this is directed to you because I want to put some comparison here, but we have all seen the other video that kind of made its rounds again on Friday, and that is more squatting 600 pounds. And remember, he weighs a buck 81. Anytime that you have that type of strength in your legs, you can break a lot of tackles. You can also change direction with a lot of force and, and, and pick up speed very quickly. So th- those type of things, he's a, he's a freak nature of athlete. He's a freak of nature as far as athlete is concerned. And the fact that he can do all of these things and, and, and still maintain that, that 429 type speed, uh, he, can, he can accelerate extremely fast and not being a bigger guy, that's going to help him. When you start talking about punt returns and getting lost in the trees, you can, you know, kind of, you know, duck down and then, you know, change direction. And, and before the, the, the punt coverage team can find you, you're already gaining ground. So there's a lot of advantages to, to Rondell having that, that type of body type and that type of strength. Uh, that's only going to help him be a tremendous, tremendous returner and, and athlete uh, once he gets his hands on the ball. Two other notes on Rondell Moore. One, he earned a business degree in two and a half years, so he is certainly very intelligent. And second of all, he worked out at Exos in Dallas, where Kyler Murray works out at. So perhaps, MJ, you got some familiarity. At least an early relationship has begun. Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kyler Murray sent some film to Steve Kime. We did hear that. Yes. Well, just that that he it, yeah. that he liked the pick, liked what he had seen out of more on film at Purdue. So yeah, and look, keep your quarterback happy, then everyone's yeah, happy. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, input, not making the decision, but just offering input. some advice, if you will, or got to make number yeah. one happy. <laughs> so Rondell Moore enters <laughs> a wide receiver room that at the moment totals thirteen players, but certainly now if you look at where he fits on that depth chart, if you will, yes, it's Hopkins, it's Green, it's Kirk, it's Moore, and then we'll kind of figure out how the rest trickles out and that will happen during the course of the off season and training camp. But uh, I do think that special teams, MJ, is where he will have the impact immediately, and maybe we are surprised where we do see some three and four wide receiver sets right out out of the gate with him on the field. Well, B-Train's exactly right. Just just think, you know, teams are obviously kicking a little bit shorter, trying to force you just not to get to the 25. I think if the ball's two or three yards in the end zone, he's coming out. You get to the 40-yard line, like B-Train said, all of a sudden, 10 yards, you're at midfield. Now, I think when it comes to, I know they want to go 11 and 12 personnel, more physicality, but if you're in a two-minute or four-minute drive, you got to get in a field goal range, why not go four wide? Spread them out. Well, in his career at Purdue, 42 kickoffs for 813 yards, 17 punt returns for 118 yards. So certainly sounds he's got that burst of speed to where maybe your starting field position on kickoffs is no longer 25 yards or less. Maybe you get out to the 30, 33, 35-yard line for Kyler Murray and company. 
Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have had halftime here on this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. When we come back, yes, back to the discussion about the defense and cornerbacks finally in the fold. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. With the 136th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Marco Wilson, cornerback, Florida. Smart player, too, and that's what they value. Rondell Moore graduated Purdue in two and a half years, and uh, Zayvon Collins was a high school valedictorian. Marco Wilson, aptitude test, off the charts. Smart player with, the, of course, athletic ability. Yeah, he should be known for more than throwing the shoe against LSU. He's a good player, trained by his father, who was a college defensive back. His brother, Quincy Wilson, also in the NFL. Good bloodlines, good intellect. Marco Wilson, fourth round, 136th pick overall. Cardinals did not have a fourth round pick, MJ. Remember that. They just had the fifth round, sixth round, and seventh round. So there was going to be a long wait. Yet, what did they do? They saw someone that they wanted and went out and got him in a trade with the Baltimore Ravens, moved up into the fourth round, and finally got their cornerback, who can play both outside and slot corner. Certainly a day three corner. I don't know what the expectations are. It might be hard initially, but someone that I know the Cardinals wouldn't have went and got if they didn't think he could come in and contribute. Well, I, mean, I like his size, 5'11", 191. I mean, you always like a little bit taller corners, but uh, his measurable is really good. He ran a 4-3-4. I mean, on paper right now, you got to think he's possibly 4 or 5, right? Yeah, based off I mean, who's you, in there. You, you talk that. about the, the guys that are coming back, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, and then you throw in the newest uh, Cardinal at the cornerback position, I guess. And free agency was Malcolm Butler. And, and this guy can play both inside and outside. So you look at the slot position, you have Murphy, you have Chase Whitaker, and now you have Wilson. So I think versatility and flexibility, but I do like his size, 191 pounds. He certainly B-trained, turned a lot of heads at the pro day that everyone was focused on, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, yet at Florida's pro day of 4-3-7-40, he out-jumped the Vertec, officially comes in at 43.5 vertical jump. So he is certainly very athletic. Now it's just a matter of, okay, does he have the ball skills required to be good at the NFL level? Does he have the ball skills and does he have the strength? And the thing that I think you'll you'll look at and say yes to is the fact that he played at the highest level of competition. I think we all agree the SEC was as good as it got as far as competition on a game-in and game-out basis. So the fact that he was able to have some success in that conference, that does give you an idea of how he's going to translate to the NFL. And the fact that he has those other measurables, uh, yeah, I I put little stock in the measurables, but I think you can't ignore eye-popping measurables like he had. And and the fact that uh, if his film matches – any what his measurables are, then I think he has a chance of being an outstanding player in the NFL for a very long time. He's faced a lot of fair uh, uh, adversity, including two ACL surgeries. One that happened in high school and one happened in 2018. 
Um, but clearly, you know, just based on his measurables, his 40 time, it looks like, you know, again, I think that the lower torso, he's more, much more thicker than some of these corners out there. So, um, again, just flood the position. I still think they got to bring in some more corners, though. I'm sure there's some veteran guys out there that are just waiting for the right time, maybe because of the offseason uncertainty. We don't see these guys until we get closer, maybe OTAs or training camp. And as you would expect, Wilson thought he should have been drafted higher. I think a lot of players that hear their name called on day three think they should have been drafted a lot higher. So there is a sentiment around the Cardinals when you talk about general manager Steve Kime and head coach Cliff Kingsbury that perhaps the steal of this draft is landing Marco Wilson in the fourth round i would say based on need kind of going into the weekend and how things fell uh, marco wilson just his athleticism um his workout you know what we think of him as a um, staff and as a personnel department i mean he, he's a big time talent to get where we got him I, I would probably echo uh cliff's sentiments really just because when you look at the big picture the guy has got such a high ceiling yet has a pretty high floor as well in terms of he, you know i think he's going to be a really good player uh i think you know when you look at the risk to reward i think it's pretty high so cornerback selected in the fourth round and in the sixth round the cardinals once again went corner in fact they had two picks in the sixth round but their second selection tay gowan corner out of central florida six foot one 186 pounds ran a 447 at his 40 there's just not a lot of tape on gowan because he opted out last season mj yeah and he faced a challenge upbringing including being homeless for a stretch due to his daughter being born premature in july of 2020 he opted out of the 2020 season entered the nfl draft uh, the overall view on him is favorable length, confidence, ball skills. He has average speed and tightness in his transition. Will be tough to mask versus NFL top uh, top route runners. He's got a great backstory, B-train, as far as, as MJ pointed out, the adversity. And then Kyle brought up the fact that because he did not play last season and he made the decision based off of what was best for his family as far as not playing in 2020, but perhaps might have slipped through the cracks because you look back, three games in 2017, played at community college in 2018 he did have a full season in 2019 and then there's no tape of him at all last year so a little bit harder to evaluate some of those players that weren't on the field last year it is harder to evaluate them but i think there's an advantage too one he's the guy that as you talked about he feels like he could have gone higher should have gone higher so he's going to come in with an immediate chip on his shoulder and those guys usually and focused ready to prove their point and I think they're motivated, unlike the other guys who have had a, a fairly decent career and, and had a, a, a normal trajectory, if you will, up the, up the ladder as far as, as talent, meeting opportunity, and all those type of things. So uh, he, he's a, a guy that is very mature, already a, a father, so he, he's not going to be a guy that's going to create a lot of problems off the field, per se, because of that, that level of maturity and, and uh, he's he's going to be appreciative of everything given to him, being that he was homeless too. You don't ever discount a guy that that's had to work for every single thing that he's got thus far in his life. So I I think those type of guys usually they they surprise you in in a positive way, just based on their desire and their willingness to do whatever it takes. Speaking of that chip on his shoulder, here is Gowan talking about not hearing his name until round six. Just know I've been counted out my whole life. I wanted to show on a big platform that I could play. And now I'm about to show that I could dominate on the NFL level. I'll be a Tom Brady of the corners. Uh, I, I think I needed this. I needed this in my um my journey and 
in the way I'm going to approach the game. So I want to say thank you for the wait, actually. It's a great response, and I think he's got the right mindset, MJ, to come in. And once again, it might be on special teams that you see him initially play well and then maybe work his way into that cornerback role because I think it's asking a lot, especially when you're a day three pick in the sixth round to come in and be that starter week one. It's just not going to happen. But is someone that is hungry and has the passion to play on Sundays. Yeah, right now the Cardinals have seven quarterbacks uh, under contract and you know, we'll see how it shakes out, but it's important to him to be there for the rookie mini camp, get a chance to go to training camp and preseason games. We'll see because they usually keep five corners or four corners and five safeties, so it's going to be a numbers game. Clearly, when you look at Marcus Wilson, um, he's probably a more of a priority at this point. But again, you can never have enough depth. And worst case scenario, he may land on the practice squad. Let's go back to the sixth round. I mentioned that Wilson was the first of two. Or excuse me. Gowan was the second of two picks in the sixth round. The first selection, 210 overall, was edge rusher Victor Demukeji out of Duke. Six foot one, 262 pounds. B-Train, I want to get your thoughts because General Manager Steve Keim said that Victor kind of reminds them a little bit of Marcus Golden in terms of size, and then it's just that high motor, the never stop, always trying to get after the ball carrier. And that's what you want as, a, as an edge rusher, as a guy that – is going to come in and, and be a rotation guy to start his career. Uh, he's smart, so he's going to pick up a lot of the defense rather quickly, so he's not going to be falling behind and, and, and be a liability from that standpoint. He's going to know what to do. He's going to be in the right position, and he's athletic enough to make those plays. And, of course, as we talked about with the cornerbacks, special teams is going to be another way that he's going to make an immediate impact on this team more so than, than getting after the quarterback, of course, you'll have some opportunities to, to do that. But uh, as a guy with that kind of size and that kind of smarts, you want to make sure you give him every opportunity to go out there and showcase his talents. And I think special teams will be the first way. And if he's able to get into that rotation and, 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 and rush the quarterback, then that's an absolute bonus for this team in 2021. He was born in Nigeria, moved to the U.S. when he was eight years old, playing primarily soccer. Growing up, he picked up football in the eighth grade. Um, Four-year starter at Duke. Um, you know, you, you look at his, uh, he did a really good job when it came to the run defense. He combined 78 quarterback pressures over two seasons, and he left Durham in school history with 21 and a half sacks. And you go to Duke, you got to think he's very smart. Yes, a four-year starter, as you mentioned, played defensive end and now will be asked to rush the passer as an outside linebacker. Also selected on day three, speaking of special teams, safety James Wiggins out of Cincinnati, who Kime believes can, quote, play all four core special teams early in his career and someone who told the media that he enjoys playing special teams. And then the final pick, number 247 overall center, Michael Minette, six foot four, three hundred one pounds out of Penn State, another three-year starter, two-year captain. He's not going to supplant Rodney Hudson, but he is anxious to learn from who he called the best center in the league. Three-year starter, um, captain. I mean, again, Rodney Hudson's under contract for the next uh, two years, possibly three. He already knows that Rodney Hudson, he mentioned he's the best center in football. So at that point, just be a sponge and learn, and hopefully he's part of the future. Manette told the media, quote, I'm going to outwork people and just compete. And that's what you want to hear from all of your rookies, B-Train, as far as when they come in and hope that they don't think that just because they got drafted and where they got drafted they, they're, that they're set, that they've made this team. Rookies are better seen and not heard. You want them to just come in, learn their playbook, learn what to do, 
and don't hurt the team when you get your number called. So if they can do that, then they're going to have a very productive first year. If they can't do those things, then they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in and uh, maybe looking to be replaced in the next year's draft. So uh, it's it's always a luxury to have those pleasant surprises, but I think uh, Steve Kime and company know that if they don't work out, then there's the next train coming a la 2022 as far as as rookies that can come in and and help this program you know he uh including uh the weight room he had a 725 pound squat he's known as a fast healer he recovered from a 2019 acl injury in five months talking about timmy kg oh wiggins wiggins okay someone that yeah he's was not on the field at all in 2019, and they say ACL injuries, it's sometimes that second season that you kind of get back to full speed, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. State Farm Stadium is hosting a job fair this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Over 600 part-time positions are available. For more details, including a list of open positions, visit azcardinals.com slash jobfair. That's azcardinals.com slash job fair. No sign-up necessary. Just show up at State Farm Stadium this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. It is time. There's the Cardinals. A big decision forthcoming for the Big Red. The Arizona Cardinals select... We're going to kill everyone. This kid is an athletic freak, a monster, and a great pick. I think the Cardinals got a star. Rondell Moore. Rondell might be the most dynamic player in this entire draft. Rondell Moore will get the first down and much more. How about this kid? After three days of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cardinals at the end of it all have seven new players. Moore, touchdown! Victor D. Bukeji again. That's right, seven new faces, five of which are on the defensive side of the ball as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And yes, everyone's going to focus on the day one and day two picks because you want those selections to play and play early. Of course, we're talking about inside linebackers Evan Collins and wide receiver Rondell Moore that need to see these players on the field, something general manager Steve Keim made a point of emphasis to the head coach. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. We knew we had to get better. None of us were pleased with how that, that thing ended last year, um, and we wanted to, to improve through the draft, and, and Steve made that crystal clear to the coaching staff and personnel department. Those first two picks need to, to play and play early and play a lot, and, and that was the mission, and I feel good about where it's at. It's going to be interesting because on paper, Isaiah Simmons and Collins are expected to start, but then you got you know Tanner Vallejo, Zeke Turner, Evan Weaver, and then Jordan Hicks. And obviously Jordan Hicks took a pay cut, so be curious to see how that way works out. And last time I checked, Craig, Devondre Campbell is still a free agent. Still out there if the Cardinals want to knock on his door, but specifically about Collins B. Train as a Mike linebacker. That's the quarterback of the defense, and if you're hoping him to be that guy week one, how steep of a climb is that for Collins? It's not as steep as you think. Craig, and, and the thing that I would say is the fact that he played to position in college. He had four years to really develop his eyes. 
because that's going to be the biggest transition from college to pro level is the eyes. What are you looking at? What are the keys that you're looking for on a particular play to give you that, that extra split second to react that much faster? And I think for him, being a smart guy, he's going to be studious. He's going to be a, a stickler for details. And as long as he can train those eyes, to be able to see you know, pulling guards, to see the track of the fullback, to see you know where the running back is, is is tracking, is he cutting back, all those type of things, and then you know be able to find that tight end or see crossers as they come in front of him. All those little intricacies are going to be paramount for him to to, to figure out and and be able to to diagnose them and and, and apply that information in a, in a quick in a quick period of time because if he can do that, then he is going to be able to come in and be productive right away. Right away. B-Train, you dealt with it. If you're a guy like Jordan Hicks who took a pay cut, I mean, would he, would he, would he help him out? I mean, he's a team player. He's been a team captain. It's just unfortunate because it's a business based on results. Uh, it's competition, but ultimately, once you have the same uniform on, once you have the same helmet on, we're all pulling – to try to get the same thing accomplished. We're trying to win championships, and all that stuff can be figured out in the offseason. But when you're on the field and you're trying to win, you want everybody to be up to speed as, as best they can. Good insight, B-Train. Let's do it again next week. There'll be a lot of time to discuss all of these draft picks as we work our way into the offseason and, of course, into training camp. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertrand Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.